because this is an important message. How many of you know about the birth of Jesus? All right, all right. Now, let me ask you a question. When do we usually talk about the birth of Jesus? Right? Christmas in July, right? But it's May, and we're talking about the birth of Christ. Well, how many of you guys remember what we talked about last week? Anybody? Bueller, Bueller, what? Nobody remembers what, you pre- what he preached on last week. Who was? Nehemiah, right? Okay, Nehemiah. So last week we talked about Nehemiah. Okay, I need the, the sound level to come down, just a hair. And we're going to have fun. I've got some jokes, okay? But they're dad jokes, of course. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you my dad jokes if you guys agree to track with me for just a few minutes, okay? All right. What do you call, what do you call the Terminator after he retires? The exterminator. Why do bees have sticky hair? Because they use a honeycomb. Did you hear about the kidnapping at the school? It's okay because he woke up. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you guys know these. Why is Peter Pan always flying? Neverlands. That's right. Very good. Sorry, those are all my jokes for tonight. I got a video clip that's hilarious. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> all right, so last week we talked about Nehemiah. Now, who knows when Nehemiah happened? Who knows when the wall was built? It is in the Bible. It was in 562 B.C., before Christ, okay? So just a rough guess about how much later did the birth of Christ happen? Yes. You guys are, like, so smart. It's just awesome. So 562 years later is what we're talking about tonight, okay? Now, think about this. Think about this. There's been, no, there's been no books of the Bible written. In fact, they call the time between when Jesus was born and when Nehemiah happened, they call it the silent period. Okay, do you guys, have you ever, guys ever heard that? That's because there was no prophets speaking in Israel. Nothing was happening. There was nothing being written in the, of, of Scripture. So it was a silent period. God wasn't talking to his people. But how many of you know that the birth of Christ was pretty special? I mean, this was an event that happened. And sorry, guys, I'll try to stay in the middle. I know I walk a lot. But um, the, the birth of Christ came at 0 A.D. to 4 A.D., okay? Now, how many of you know what A.D. stands for? Any smart people in the room? That's, that is what it means, but kind of, but it's actually not after death. Don't you answer. You already know. It's a Latin term, A.D. Okay, anno. Anno is the first word. Anno domino. 
Does anybody know what it means? It doesn't mean after death because then it would have been later. Yes. In the year of our Lord. That's, give yourself a high five. I mean, you deserve it. That's right. <laughs> they gave you one too, so that's an extra bonus there. Now, what happened in the time when Jesus wasn't speaking? Alexander the Great came. You guys know that from school, right? You haven't heard of Alexander the Great? He conquered all this territory. And the area, and the area that we're talking about is some of the territory that Alexander the Great conquered. And so now we have this area where Jesus was born that was under Roman rule, but there was a lot of Jewish people that lived there. The land of Israel. How many of you guys know where Israel is on a map? A few people? Okay, cool. Israel is in Israel. Very good. It's in the Middle East. How many of you guys saw some of the bombs that were going off in Palestine a few days ago? Okay, that's where we're talking about. That area is still where we're talking about, okay? So this is, this is where we're talking about. Now, I want, if you have your Bible, or if you have your phone with a Bible, go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Matthew 1.18, or you can look up there. Yes, sir. You can use the Sky Bible as well. Now, I do want to say this. If you use a real Bible or if you have a Bible app and you see it for yourself, then you're going to take it home. You're going to put it in your heart a little bit more than just looking on the screen. So, but I'm glad for the screen. All right? So let's read this. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. We'll talk about that in a second. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now think about this. God could have chosen any way he wanted to, to bring Jesus in the world, right? He could have chosen any way, but how did God choose to bring Jesus into the world? Like a, ba a baby. He came as a baby. I mean, think about it. Jesus was born as a baby. How many of you have seen a little baby right after it's born? Anybody? And if you've seen a baby being born, we don't want to hear about it. But uh, I'm talking about right after, right after, <laughs> okay? So we're talking about a baby. Jesus was a baby. Now, do you think when Jesus came as a baby, right after he was born, do you think he's like, my name is Jesus and I'm the king? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> I mean, like after seeing Boss Baby, right, we you imagine like these little babies have their own little community and everything and they trade money and stuff. But 
Jesus was born as a natural human baby. We'll talk about that tonight. But he was a baby. So what does that mean about him? What do babies do? They cry. They cry. What, else, what else do babies do? They throw up. I'm, I'm not going to tell you which one of my children, but one of my children, what? They nap in the middle of nowhere. They nap in the middle of nowhere. But babies throw up. One of my children threw up like all the time. The other one pooped all the time. So it's just, it's just, when you got to go, you got to go. And so like they were both very different, but it's okay. The point is, is that Jesus was a baby. He was in a like he was born in a manger, which we'll talk about in a second. But God could have chosen anyway. You know, if God listen to, listen up real quick. If God wanted to redeem us, He could have done it Hunger Game style. Like, you know, He could have had the whole thing. He could have made us compete and like have a dodgeball game to see who was the best Christian, right? He could, have, he could have chosen like any way that he wanted to, to redeem us. But how did he choose it? How did, what did he choose? A, a baby. Now, of course, we know that the baby grew up. But what we're talking about tonight is how Jesus came into the world. Now, God is, uh, Jesus is God. Jesus is, is the Son of God. Okay? He's on part, we call him the Trinity, part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, Jesus came down from heaven as a baby, and so he was fully God, but he was also fully human. And we're going to talk about that here. But I want you to know that first of, first of all, Jesus is supernatural. How many of you know that it takes a mommy and daddy to have a baby? That's all I'm going to say. We're not, we're not even going anywhere close to the topic, but you have to because of the subject we're talking about. But how many of you know, how many of you know that Jesus was born to a virgin, meaning a woman by herself and the Holy Spirit birthed Jesus inside of her? That's called the virgin birth is what we call it. And so we have to talk about that because it's very important to know that Joseph was basically the adoptive father. He was not the father of Jesus. The father is the Holy Spirit. And so it's very important to know that he came into the world uh, pure and holy, but without a human father because he's 100% God, but he's also 100% man. Now you say, well, how can that be? There's some things that we're not going to be able to figure out. He's 200% is what Abigail's saying, 200% of, of everything. But he's 100% God, 100% man. Now, um, Joseph named Jesus. Now, have you, ever, have you guys ever been to Mexico? Okay, now I used to work in San Diego. I worked in San Diego. And when I worked in San Diego, there was a lot of guys named Jesus. It's a common name. It's a common name. And Jesus' name is from the, um, from the Greek, Isus, okay? And that was also uh, from, the, from a name that was Joseph or, 
or Josh, or sorry, Joshua, okay? So it was a Hebrew name, Joshua, but it was a Greek. When it was in Greek, it was Jesus or Isus, okay? Now, it was also not like a particular, just a name, Jesus. And we say Jesus today, but he's also called the Christ. Have you guys heard that? But Christ isn't Jesus' last name, all right? Jesus' Jesus's last name wasn't Christ. It was Jesus of Nazareth, right? He was a Nazarene, but we call him Jesus Christ because Jesus was his, was his given name, but Christ means Messiah. It means Savior. It means the one that came to save us from our sins, and that's why we say Jesus Christ, okay? And it's certainly not a cuss word, but how many of you know that people use Jesus Christ as a cuss word, but they never use Muhammad as a cuss word. They never use Buddha as a cuss word, do they? It's because the only name that has power, the only name that's the name above all names is Jesus. So it's the only one that they're going to try to take and twist. And so we've got to understand that the name Jesus is powerful. The name Christ is powerful. And so we've got to realize that Jesus is supernatural. Now I want to show you a quick, quick video clip. If we can cue that, go ahead. This is from a movie called Rocket Man. All right, if you haven't seen that movie, it's a hilarious. It's an older movie, but it's good. Now, it's okay. So, have you ever heard of people being able to lift things supernaturally, like have more strength because the adrenaline's flowing through them? Have you heard that? And there is some truth to that. The adrenaline can make you do some things, but how many of you know that there's no amount of adrenaline that can make you walk on water? right? There's no amount of adrenaline that can open blind eyes, okay? It just doesn't happen. There's no amount of adrenaline that can make a baby be born supernaturally. And so we've got to realize that Jesus is a supernatural being, okay? That's very important. Now let's look at the next thing. Uh, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 25, it says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, which was circumcision on the eighth day, okay, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. 
And the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And so the next slide says that Jesus was super punctual. Okay, Jesus is super punctual. Jesus came at exactly the right time. Now, a lot of times, God, when we pray and ask God to do something, or we pray and ask God for something, it doesn't always happen when we think it should, does it? I mean, I've prayed for things before, and God didn't answer me when I thought it, he should. And sometimes he answered me differently than I thought he should. And I know that some of you, if you haven't asked God for a lot of things, if you, if you really get bold with your faith and you begin to ask God for things, He'll answer you, but he doesn't always answer the way we think he's going to. And see, these people thought that Jesus was coming to redeem them and set up an earthly kingdom. They thought he was going to come and be a ruler on the earth, and he was going to drive out all the Romans that Alexander the Great had brought in. They thought that he was going to restore Israel. In fact, one of them even asked him, at this time, are you going to restore Israel? And he said, no, my purpose is to set up the kingdom of heaven on the earth. And what is that? What is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven? Does anybody know? That's a good guess, but... What is it specifically? Yes. Jesus came to, to set in place a new covenant, okay? He, he came to set in place a new covenant where we don't have to come to, to get to heaven. We don't have to sacrifice animals. Aren't you glad there's not a big altar on the stage and we have, you guys all had to bring your little goats in here and then we would slaughter them tonight? Aren't you glad about that? I'm glad, okay? Because that's, that's how they used to cover their sins was by sacrificing animals. But Jesus said, I came once and for all to die for the sins of the whole world. And so that's the purpose. That's the whole reason why Jesus came. And so he came right on time. Now, how many of you know that a lot of people say, well, the Jews don't think that, it was, that Jesus was the Messiah because um, there wasn't any proof. There, they, they didn't see it in the Bible. Well, I want you to see in Matthew chapter 2. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, or let's start at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi, or wise men, right, they came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And what did they say? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now this was written 500 plus years earlier by the prophet Micah. And so they're quoting something from Micah. So they knew that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. They also knew he was going to be from, from Nazareth. And they knew, they knew where he was going to be. And the magi that came saw a star that was different from all the other stars in the sky. And so they said, 
this must be a sign that Jesus is coming. And that's why they came. And so the Magi knew, or the wise men, the chief priests, the teachers of the law knew. So a lot of people knew where Jesus was going to be born. It was, it was not a secret, okay? And so I want you to know that Jesus was right on time. He knew where he was going to be born. There was no secret. It was exactly as God planned it. Now, another thing I've heard is that, well, once we sinned in the Garden of Eden, God came up with a, another plan to save us. But I want you to know that God is om, omniscient, meaning he's, he knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So don't you think that a God who knows everything would have already known that they would have sinned in the Garden of Eden? Like God knew that that was going to happen. It was no surprise to God that they took the fruit and they ate it and they knew the difference between good and evil. Okay, it was no secret to God. God knew that was going to happen. And so God always had a plan to redeem his people. Everybody say that. God always had a plan to redeem his people. And so that means you, and that means me. All right, so God knew that. God knew that that would happen. Check this out in Galatians chapter 4. This sums it up right here. It says, but when the time, the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. God knew what was going to happen in the garden, and he already had a plan in place. And Jesus was the plan, and Jesus came right ex exactly at the right time. Okay, now check this out. One man asked God, he said, how long is a second to you, God? And God said, like a million years. And then the man said, how much is a million dollars worth to you? And God said, a penny. So the man said, God, can you spare a penny? And God said, sure. Have you got a second? <laughs> See, there's another dad joke, and nobody laughed except another dad in the room. Yes. Yes, dad joke's real. Okay, so, but God, time to God, time to God is nothing, right? But he, he is always right on time. He knows exactly when things need to happen. God, it's, no, it's never a secret to God. God knows. God knew exactly when Jesus was going to be born. God set it up. It was exactly the right time. It might not have been the right time to the people there, but he knew when it was supposed to happen and that it was going to happen. So I want you to know that Jesus is super punctual. The last thing is in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. Let's look at that. Luke 2, 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And so how many of you know, so this picture is accurate because who are the people coming to visit Jesus? The shepherds. You see, in, I think it's in Matthew, it tells us that the wise men came to a house, okay? So we know the wise men came to a house, right? So the shepherds were the ones who were watching their flocks by night. We've, we know this from Luke chapter 2. And then all of a sudden, a sound came from heaven of heavenly hosts, right? And they began saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to, to men. And they, told, they said, this will be the sign that you'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So it was, it was the shepherds that came 
that night that Jesus was born in a manger. And then later on, they moved to a house, and that's when the wise men came and presented their gifts. And so it's really cool because I want you to know that Jesus is super human. Okay, that's the next slide. Jesus is superhuman. He's not, he, we already said he's supernatural, but he's super dot, 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 human. Okay, so move, move me to the next slide. I want, I want you to see this. We'll get to Philippians in a minute. Do we have that Jesus is superhuman? If we don't, no, no problem. Okay, so there it is. All right, Jesus is superhuman. Jesus was human. And the, why is this important? Why is it important to have a God that understands what we go through? He, he has been through it. Like, we have this picture. Somebody, somebody said one time that, they, they, that, God, that Jesus designed all the rocks and all the hills and all the mountains so he never stubbed his toe. He, he, he knew exactly where every rock was as he's walking. But we also see Jesus asking people, what is it that you want for me to do to, to, for you? We also see Jesus asking questions. Now, sometimes he knew the answer, but there were other times where Jesus said, everything that I do and I hear, I hear my father tell me, okay? So he gave up that part of himself that was omnipresent when he came as a baby, and so we have Jesus as a human, and he understands us. In, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7, it says he emptied himself. He took on the form of a bondservant. He was made in the likeness of men. And so he was just like us. How many of you know what, what the shortest verse in the Bible is? Shortest verse. Jesus wept. Okay, so there was a verse that says Jesus wept. It's in John eleven thirty five, And who did he weep over? Does anybody know? Okay, you already heard my, some of my message, Stinker. He, he wept over Lazarus, his friend. Now, Jesus actually was coming to raise Lazarus from the dead. But even before he raised him, when he got there, he was overcome with emotion. The Bible says he was overcome with emotion. And that he wept. Jesus wept. He cried tears for this man, and he was about to raise him from the dead. In Isaiah chapter 53, it says that Jesus was a man of sorrows. He was despised and rejected by mankind. Hebrews 4.15 says this. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So as, these, as the band comes up tonight, I want you to know we have a high priest that understands where we've been. We have Jesus of Nazareth, this man born at exactly the right time. He, he was born to save you. His whole purpose on coming here was to die and save you from your sins. But we, we know the rest of the story, don't we? He didn't just die. He didn't stay in that grave. What did he do? He rose again, right? And it's, there's another verse that says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal bodies, meaning he will give you life. He will give you health. He will give you power to live in this life. And so when Jesus asks us to follow him, 
I want you to understand this. When, when Jesus asks us to follow him, okay, he asks us to follow him, but he asks us to do something that he did. He followed God when he was on this earth. So Jesus isn't asking us to do anything that he didn't do. I mean, he went to the grave. He went to the cross. He died a death for us, didn't he? And so usually we tell this story at Christmas, but how many of you know that the birth of Jesus is so important to everything that we believe as Christians because that's when Jesus came. He split time. How many of you know that in the fifth century, you, you probably didn't know when it happened, but in the fifth century, some people decided that that's where we're going to separate Anno Domino, the year of our Lord, from B.C., before Christ. And then by the ninth century, the whole world, our whole, our whole uh, understanding of years comes from, we're in the year 2021, so that means 2,021 years ago is the estimated time of when Jesus was born. That could have been within a couple years of that. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is that we, we separate our time, our years, by Jesus. This man, this book, they don't even count it anymore, but the Bible is, is and always has been the number one bestseller. They just don't put it on there anymore because it sells far more copies than any other book. Still does today. Because the power that's found in these pages, and it's all because of a man that was also God named Jesus that came to earth. So let me, let me end with this. If you know that Jesus came out of heaven to become human and save you from your sins, to become a person like you, does that make it easier to follow him? Because a lot of times we think of Jesus floating around in the clouds. We think of him up in heaven, but Jesus was just like you. And so if you knew that Jesus was just like you, would that make any difference in how you lived your life? Let me ask you another question. If you haven't made Jesus your savior, what's stopping you? What else does, he, what, what else does Jesus need to do to prove to you how much he loves you? What else does Jesus need to do? Like, is there anything else that he could do to show you that he loved you? That's absolutely right. That's a perfect answer. There's nothing else. There's, there's not, I mean, I can't think of anything. And of course, Jesus thought of everything. He thought of everything, and he did it for you. So what more could he do to show you he loves you? So the question is, if there's nothing else that Jesus could do, and he came to do this for you, what's stopping you from making him Lord? What's stopping him from becoming Lord in your life? Is it what your friends will say? Is it peer pressure? Is it something that somebody else will say? Will they laugh at you? Will they mock you? Will they make fun of you? Is that what's holding you back? Because let me tell you, the small affliction of that is nothing compared to the weight of our eternity with Jesus, okay? Because we know that there's two places, and I'm not preaching on that tonight, but I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much that he rescued you from something. He saved you from something. 
What did he save you from? Very good. We're all going to die, but eternal death. Thank you. Because if there's eternal life, we also know there's an opposite of that, right? So real quick, before we sing a few more songs, I want every head bowed. Real quick, real quick. And if you're here tonight, real quick, close your eyes. If you're here tonight, don't wait another night. Do not wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till you get home. Right now, in your seat, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if you believe that there's something missing from your life, I want to tell you, the person that's missing is Jesus if you don't know him as your Savior. And so if you want to know Jesus, don't wait another minute. I want you to put your hand up and put it back down if that's you. If you say, I'm here tonight and I don't know Jesus as my Savior, but I'd like to. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you to the front. This is a decision between you and God. If you're here tonight and you say, I want to know who Jesus is. I've heard these stories. I know I've been coming to youth group. I hear about him, but I have not ever made him, Jesus, made him Lord of my life. Tonight is your night. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? I see those hands. I see that hand. Is there anybody else who's not made Jesus Lord? Just raise your hand and put it back down. I see those hands. Thank you. I see that hand. If you don't know Jesus, now, it's real simple. And I want to tell you, it's as simple as a prayer. But the prayer, if it doesn't mean anything to you, if you don't believe in your heart, the Bible says that we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, but we also must do what? Believe in our heart. And so if you pray, but you don't really believe what you're praying, you might as well not pray. So I, I'm just talking to the people who want to get real for a second tonight. If you're here and you want to get real with Jesus for tonight, then when we pray, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came as a baby, that he lived a sinless life on this earth, and then he was crucified, and that he rose again from your sins, and you, you say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life, you can start your journey with Jesus tonight, okay? And so for those of you who are Christians, I want you to pray this prayer with me to support those who have raised their hand. And for those of you who raised your hand, when you pray, I want you to be serious about it. If, you're ser if you raise your hand, then you, you, you were serious enough to raise your hand. So now let's go to the next step and believe in our heart that Jesus is the Son of God. So I want you to say this after me. Say, Dear Lord, Thank you for saving me. Thank you for coming to earth as a baby, for living a sinless life, for raising from the dead. I commit my life to you. And I say, Lord, be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you were serious about it, God heard that.